So we've had some interesting uh, things on the Twitter this week. Obviously, the fires are still ongoing. The heat waves are still ongoing. And I was interested to see in Adelaide, a hospital suffered a power outage in the operating theatre. And I guess as anaesthetists and surgeons, we are pretty worried about that, about what we would do with a power outage. And it's interesting to me because we're trained we, we, in anaesthetics training, we, it's sort of a topic, like what do you do if there's a, a power outage and what do you do if there's a, um, a fire? So do you, so Inquisitive Guy, do you get taught that in your training? No, not really. Um, good question. Uh, let me have a think. So I think the first thing is I'm a bit confused because almost every hospital I've worked in, my understanding was that there are generators so that the essential equipment um even if there is a power outage wouldn't go off so stuff like ventilators and that operating room equipment works separately than the mains is what i thought um i have not had any uh teaching about power outages per se um, but i have worked in a lot of different environments in like kind of metro regional rural um, and other and so peripherally know a bit about it more so from when I've worked in regional and rural what about yeah. you yeah so interestingly in fact a couple of perhaps a month or two ago I was in the operating theater we had a power outage but I actually did not know that it occurred at all because like for a moment the lights flickered and that must have been the power you know the power outage and then the generator taking over and really in our theater we didn't even know it was going on in the meantime all the other theaters were dealing with it and it was quite a brief event quite quickly resolved and had pretty much no impact um so I think you're quite right I think modern hospitals are pretty good the generators click in essential services are maintained when I was even in Woolworths the other week and um, there was a power outage for a, an hour or two on the whole street and it was sort of interesting what they considered essential equipment the operate the the tills kept going so you could still purchase <laughs> but a bunch of other things didn't keep going so I guess it's a similar concept so yeah, and I know what code it would be in my hospital like that would be code yellow and I know I know I have a concept from my mandatory competencies that if all the power went out, the generators were just supposed to come on, particularly in the hospital I work in, the, um, the generators should be there for the ventilators in the NICU. Um, and we've got some special red phones that should continue to work regardless. Yeah, so I think... I think, I, what, I think the interesting thing is, as lots of hospitals are going to an electronic medical record system, like including where I work, what happens with a power outage to all the computers or the WOWs? Um, are they still essential? Like, where does that fit in? And how will that work? Yeah, so I'm so... It's been so interesting to me because this episode has caused me to reflect on what I know about power outages. And the thing is, I was taught about power outages when I trained in anaesthesia, which I finished over a decade ago. And of course, as you say, the electronic medical record wasn't a thing back then. Um, keeping people asleep with Tiva wasn't such a thing back then. Um, and the other thing that's come up on Twitter is getting drugs out of the cupboard. So we still have a physical lock and key getting drugs out of cupboards, but um, a lot of systems I know have very electronic systems. 
um, yeah, where you can put your fingerprint or it's it's all sort of central electronic. So I'm not clear actually about whether those systems would work. So I guess in uncertainty, we just have to go back to being very safe and we say, well, we don't proceed with any operation or anything non-essential that hasn't started. Of course, that doesn't help when you've got a patient on the operating table. And we're never really clear about what's going to work or how long the battery power is going to last for. So I think the lessons are that we have to um, keep the patient safe. Um, and certainly that's what people on Twitter were saying that they did. Um, consider stopping the operation if safe. Consider waking up. But of course, waking up, you need to make sure you've got a bunch of things working. So number one, you know, you just go back to that emergency scenario, airway, breathing, circulation. Do Can I ventilate this person's lung? Do I have a, is my machine still working? Mm. If I don't, do I have a self-inflating bag? Do I have a source of oxygen? Um, someone on Twitter was saying, you know, do I need to blow down the tube? You know, that's what people would do ultimately if you had no oxygen and no way of ventilating the lungs. Wow. Uh, I have yeah. to say, I've never, ever seen that. I've or, never seen it. But to, I've never seen it, but it's a good thing to remember because there have been rare cases where people have had no oxygen and people just don't know what to do. And like in extremis, you can breathe down the tube. Just, you know, um, let's hope we never get there though. Oh, the look on my face. Yeah, I know this is an audio medium, but the look on my face right now is that kind of, just you can picture the gif of the what the <laughs> well you can imagine you can imagine right um, yeah. I can imagine thing. which is the look on my face because let's just remember you're the anaesthetist you're the gasser and <laughs> I'm the surgeon so I can sort of imagine but yeah keep going it's not going to be good the other thing that I had actually not appreciated was light a lot of operating theaters are not next to a window maybe this happens at night being plunged into darkness. Like, that's a problem. I have visions of the Titanic when you say that. <laughs> Can you imagine? So you think, well, we need, to get some, we need to get some light into there if we don't have any. And that's where our glorious iPhones have all got a light on us. Uh, the other Android, thing is, for those with Android. And, and okay, yeah. <laughs> if you've got um, an Android, you can do that. When, when not the, we're not the public broadcaster. However, let's just be equitable. No, um, we need to keep the patient asleep. So classically, we would always say change to TIVA. So go from keeping them asleep with the gases that your machine is delivering and immediately change to, you know, a propofol IV based anesthetic. But it's interesting now how people, so many people have moved to TIVA. So assuming that your pump is going to work on battery power for a couple of hours, that will be okay. And it does remind me it's a really good idea to keep those pumps plugged in because uh, it's nice to have a nice full lot of battery if this happens. Um, what else? Of course, communication. I yeah, I was going to get to that. Communication. and Communication is And only essential communication. So yeah. none of that chit-chatter or other things that might happen when things are perfectly normal and you've got light and you've got all the other things. Yeah, so absolutely. This is where the non-technical skills come into the fore. So communication in within the team between surgeon and anesthetist, nursing staff, and also between that one theatre and the rest of the floor and the floor and the hospital. So those lines of communication are really important. From a yep. surgical point of view, what would you do if your anesthetist said, look, we're out of power and you're halfway through a big gynae operation? I think it would really depend on what it is. 
So, you know, I think if it's a cesarean section, for example, then, and the baby's out, then you close up. And that's, an, that's in general something that mm-hmm. I, I, you know, from the start of a cesarean section to the end of a cesarean section may only take 20 to 30 minutes, depending on um, <clears throat> uh, what you need to do. And I think remembering that, that if you work somewhere with maternity, um, and something like that happens, for me, it's more about what can you do to prevent the need for certain things. So, you know, if you lost power in a maternity hospital, you'd be turning off all the syntocinon potentially that is, that is there for augment, augmentation or induction um, and not proceed with any inductions that hadn't already happened. Like all those sorts of things to try and prevent someone getting to theatre in the first place. And if you were already in theatre, um, getting that procedure done safely, but as um, and, and quickly so that you can um, move on. Um, and I think, but for gynae, it really would depend. Like if I was doing laparoscopy and I'd just started, then you, might, then you may well abandon. But if you're in the middle of a hysterectomy, um, there are points you can abandon and points you can't abandon. So if you've literally just started and you've um, done the first... Um, few bits um, once you've sealed vessels you could get out um, but once um, if you're down at the uterine arteries then you you'd, you'd really need to complete the operation or if you've got anyone who's bleeding or if there's infection you know there's there's some operations that that must be finished um, for the safety of the patient but it would also like you say be a discussion of well if you can't ventilate it's airway breathing circulation. Um, if those things are not possible um, from a safety point of view, then then it's a probably a, a timeout huddle discussion to work out what's going on. Yeah, it's interesting. Interesting times, but I thought it was um, I thought it was interesting as a, a point of topic to see you know what what at what points can you stop versus what points can you carry on. The other thing that was raised was the temperature in the room, like. It's been 40 degrees, and so quickly that room is going to get hot. That's about 100 Fahrenheit, right? 100, <laughs> yeah. 105 yes. Fahrenheit. Yep. Yeah, that room's going to get hot, and um, the condensation's going to make the floors slippery. So it's, um, it's potentially a pretty tricky day at the office when that happens. <laughs> I, um, there's a, um, this, uh, as we're talking, there's been um, a Twitter thread going around um, about superstitions within medical and science community and not saying that word, um, the Q word, um, and that it's an <laughs> odd superstition that pretty much is universal within the medical community. Um, and someone read me an article this morning about um, a randomised trial to do with the Q word. I think that might be where this thread started. Um, so um, as we close off to get, and to link into that, I really, really, really hope that tomorrow I don't have a power outage at work. Because <laughs> but if you do, you're going to be prepped for it because we've talked yeah. about it today. See, there That's you go. Right. There you go. Prepared. <laughs> be prepared. All prepared. <laughs> okay, thanks. All right. See you, buddy. Bye. Bye. Bye.